Fuck you, dogs matter. Nick and Chris coming at you from Buck's Dog Training, where we are passionate about empowering individuals to reclaim their relationship with their dogs. We facilitate effective communication between dogs and their humans, enabling them to forge stronger connections and achieve their training goals. Through our efforts, we aim to create a community where everyone can experience the joys of a great life with their dogs. Hey everyone, Buck You Dogs Matter. This is Nicole Buck with Stephanie Loria from our Virginia location. What, what? Steph is in the house. And today we are talking about muzzle conditioning and why muzzling and teaching your dog how to be muzzled is so important. So Steph has put together a presentation and I'm going to pass it to her right now and let her share what she's put it together for us as far as muzzle conditioning and why muzzling is so important. So bear with us for the next couple of minutes, about 30 minutes, we're going to talk about why muzzling is so important and then we're going to have an interactive discussion. So Steph, I'm going to pass it to you and let you take the lead from here. Go ahead, Steph. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much for having me on Buck You Dogs Matter. So excited to be here and really, really excited to talk about this subject. Well, I knew it was controversial, uh, but I didn't know how controversial until we posted a video about uh, muzzling. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, further along in the presentation. But you know, as dog trainers, the one thing that I really love about what we do for a living and actually our vocation is really education and training. Uh, I'm, I'm a teacher uh, by trade and I love to learn and I love to build awareness and help people learn. And one of my favorite sayings is when we, when we know better, we do better, right? Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. from this little video that we put up, we got so much feedback, some positive, a lot not so positive. And I thought, you know, as dog trainers, why don't we put out a little bit of information that may help some people make some good decisions and also get rid of the, some of the stigmas on why muzzling is a good idea. Get rid of the stigmas of why it's a bad idea. Exactly. There's so much controversy out there. And so why muzzle, right? Uh, yeah, that video that you posted for, uh, highlighted it. But I know some folks can't see the uh, the the slideshow, uh, so I'll I'll go over the slide. Yeah, I'll go over the slides. But for some of the folks uh, that have the the slideshow, uh, then they can see it. But uh, you know, whenever I do a presentation, I like to get some terminology uh, and some understanding before we really get underway. So a muzzle is just a device that's placed over the snout of an animal to keep them from biting or picking up items with their mouth, right? That alone, just that definition tells us that there are many reasons. People, you know, because of movies, because of stereotypes, we see a muzzle, we think automatically aggression, mean dog, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and oftentimes with stereotypes, it's the, the worst things that get most of our attention. Mm -hmm. What we're going to talk about is that there are many reasons and the less shame that people feel about muzzling, the more likely they are to use this very valuable tool to help keep their dog safe, to help keep other dogs safe, to help keep people safe. The list is endless. Exactly. 
So to be muzzled is just to be fastened or controlled and to prevent unwanted behavior by a means of a humane fastening or covering device of adequate strength placed over the mouth. So we are gonna talk about many different types of muzzles, many different reasons to muzzle, how to muzzle, and you know things that you wanna be mindful of. But I did, in doing my research on that next slide, the history of dog muzzles, as far back as the 1900s, and even probably before that, there was a need for muzzles, many different reasons. Uh, back in the 1900s, they dogs were allowed to roam free much more than they are nowadays, and rabies was a real pu public uh, health problem. So having dogs unable to use their teeth was a way to keep everybody safe. Uh, thank goodness we don't have as much rabies nowadays. Uh, it is still something to be concerned about, but nowhere near uh, where it was uh, back in the 1900s. So misconceptions, we really could go on uh, about this because people have some strong feelings about muzzles and we'll, we'll hit some of the comments a little bit later in the presentation. But the number one thing is, you know, it is used to prevent a dog from biting. Yes, that is an accurate assessment of why we use muzzles, but as, that is not the only reason. Uh, number two, a dog wearing a muzzle has already bitten. For us as trainers, we love to use a muzzle long before a dog bites. Dogs give us uh, many signs before they're going to use their teeth. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that, Miss Nicole? 100%. Yes, I would. So if we have a dog giving us some of those signals, right, whether it's that low growling, the, the, the lip curling, the, the whale eye, right? A dog is telling us they're very uncomfortable and they may resort to using their teeth. So we would love people to say, hey, here's a tool that we can use that if we're seeing some of these signs, if we can work on training the dog, but in the meantime, prevent them for having a bite, which we probably all could agree would be a big problem. If we could prevent that while training the dog, why wouldn't we, right? So number two as uh, you know, that a dog has already bitten. That's why they have a muzzle, not true. Uh, my dog is friendly. We hear this all the time. We could spend a whole podcast oh, <laughs> writing a call on this one. My dog is friendly. That's why my dog is off leash, right? running mm -hmm. up to you, running up to your family, running up to your dog, not on a leash, not mm -hmm. under control. My dog is friendly. There's no need to train or to have my dog wear a muzzle. Not true, right? Just, uh, just the fact that a dog can wear a muzzle after surgery and not have to wear that cone of shame. Some dogs really, really mind that mm -hmm. is a great, great use of a muzzle. Yeah. And uh, muzzles are cruel, right? Yeah. Uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, yeah. The dogs always love muzzles if they're thrown on them in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's not that comfortable, right? If you gave me a, a motorcycle helmet, they're supposed to fit snug. Right. Uh, it takes me a couple times of wearing that helmet to get used to it, right. right? So ideally, we give the dog a chance to get used to the muzzle. Right. You know, any comments an analogy, so far, Miss Nicole? Uh, yeah, there was an analogy that another trainer from a, a different location that you that they used that I love. 
Uh, and I, I always used the seatbelt, but they used wearing a bra. And so women will identify with this, not necessarily men, but women will definitely identify with this. Men, maybe, you know, if you equate it to, you know, wearing a tie or, or wearing a jock strap or something, but for women putting that bra on every day, let me tell you, it's not pretty, it's not comfortable, but it's definitely necessary and you get used to it, you know? You have to you have to put that bra on every day to keep those girls mm -hmm. in place. So I get it. As a woman, I put a bra on every day and I don't always love it. But guess what? You get used to it. And sometimes that's what the muzzle is for a dog. So I love it. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. And and you know what? It does become second nature, especially if we have the opportunity to go slow mm -hmm. and let a dog have a very positive association with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the ideal situation. So one of the conditions that a lot of folks aren't. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that's the ideal situation. But unfortunately, a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to create the ideal situation. And we'll go into that in a little bit later. But there are times where you run across an emergency where you have to be able to muzzle a dog on the fly and you don't have the time to condition them. And so you have to teach them, you have to learn how to basically muzzle an aggressive dog on the fly without having the ability or the time to properly condition them. And so it would be so helpful if everyone conditioned their dogs to a muzzle early on. So uh, anyway, absolutely, and you. we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of uh, reasons that yeah, we're gonna talk about a couple of reasons. Uh, that that are great ideas that people might not even think of. But mm -hmm. this is one thing that uh, a lot of folks may not know is a real thing with dogs, and it's also in people. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a diagnosis. Now, dogs eat rocks, sticks, uh, stuffed animals, uh, lots of things that they shouldn't eat, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we hopefully train them to drop it or leave it or that we can take something out of their mouth. But some dogs have this uh, illness to a degree, mm -hmm. and it's called pica, and it's a condition where dogs constantly eat objects that are not food. It could be metal, plastic, cloth, rocks, dirt, feces, mm -hmm. and it is considered to be a psychological disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, all you have to do is spend one night in the emergency room with a, a dog and a couple thousand dollars later, and you may think about getting a $40, $40 muzzle yeah. Uh, to prevent that from happening until you can train your dog to leave objects. But oh, yeah. uh, people don't even know that that could be a reason to muzzle. Yeah. I mean, I had Trini when I first so got So a couple uh, of other reasons continued. Yeah, just real quick story. Um, Steph, when I first got Trinity, she ate rocks. And she was adamant, man. Every rock she saw, every mm. stone she saw, she wanted to eat it. She swallowed it. I cannot tell you how many times she pooped out stones or rocks. Some of them small, some of them a little bit larger. I'm like, what is wrong with this girl? I had to break her of that. And it took a couple of weeks. Yeah, that was tough. Right. In the meantime, right, if you have a dog that that has a condition, Mm -hmm. You know, you could lose your dog or spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a vet visit compared to using a muzzle as a tool while you work on getting the dog conditioned to not pick up stuff off the ground. That's a great example. Absolutely. So for vet visits, right, vet visits, 
you know, a dog can get very, very stressed and uncomfortable in a, in a vet situation. Why not get your dog used to a muzzle so that if they do wind up in a situation at a vet, the vet, the vet techs can all do their work safely, mm-hmm. right? Some dogs, number two, some dogs are great with grooming, with getting their nails done, but we have come across many dogs that are the nicest dog in the world until you Mm -hmm. touch their paws, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Public transportation, right? Taking, taking, taking dogs out in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get so many dogs, so many of our clients who come in and ask for me to help them with grooming their dogs as far as clipping their nails and helping them just do basic stuff with the grooming because they never condition their dog and they can't take them to a groomer because their dogs will react. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's something that we do with every single one of our pups from day one. We're constantly touching every part of their body, getting them desensitized and clipping their nails and touching them everywhere that a vet would would touch because we want them to know, hey, this is okay. You're going to allow this. Yes, very, very valuable tool, right? You mm-hmm. know, uh, public transportation. And, and this makes me think of also like a severe case, like with the crazy weather patterns we have, right? You see the on the news with uh, flooding, tornadoes, uh, you know, just cr- a crazy situation, right? And now you're displaced and you have your dog who may have, say, some reactivity. Now you're in a shelter, lucky enough if they even let a dog in that shelter, but how much better would it be for your dog and everybody around you if in an emergency, your dog was used to being muzzled and you could have that dog in a stressful situation just being safe? Yeah, absolutely. That is so important. One of the comments on the the Facebook notes where a woman had a... uh, she muzzles her dogs when she takes them in the car. She mm-hmm. says that if God forbid she gets into a car accident and something happens to her and somebody else has to handle her dog in that very stressful situations, her dogs aren't even aggressive. Mm-hmm. She's just being so proactive that if God forbid she gets in an accident, that if somebody had to handle her dogs, now they've just been in an accident, they could be injured, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's going to have them in a muzzle in the car, God forbid, so that the first responders can handle her dog safely. You know, how conscientious is that? Yeah, absolutely. And most people don't even take it to that level. They don't think beyond. And number five. No, no, you go ahead. They don't think beyond. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, they don't think beyond their own, you know, personal biases or their own personal wants. They're just, hey, this is my dog. This is what he does. He never is aggressive. They don't think beyond that to what if, you know, to what could potentially happen. And there are a lot of times where something could potentially happen. And then they're basically SOL because no one can handle their dog or their dog does not know how to be in a stressful situation and respond accordingly. And it's so important to be able to teach your dog how to be able to respond in a polite, appropriate manner, if they're going to be handled by somebody, if they have to be muzzled, if they have to be transported, if they have to deal with someone other than their owner. People get so insular in their own life that they don't think beyond that sometimes. And it's so hard sometimes to teach people 
you need to think beyond yourself and your own little world. Number five, reasons continued. But number five, training, keeping every say, everybody safe while teaching the dog to make good decisions, right? We do this all the time in our training. We have a dog who's a little funny around men with hats, other dogs, uh, women in skirts. Uh, it's Tuesday. You know, we get to practice with these dogs while conditioning them and making a positive association. But if we didn't use a muzzle, we would be putting... Uh, the triggers at risk. We would be putting our trainers at risk. Mm -hmm. So using utilizing a muzzle in training is is just such a valuable tool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I use it all the time. Two I different times, you know, <laughs> different times when to muzzle. Like obviously, an emergency, you don't have a chance to do the conditioning. Uh, something's happened, and you need to, you know, maybe an injury to the dog. You've got to get that muzzle on the dog. That's an emergency situation, not ideal. Mm -hmm. But conditioning, if you have the time, we like to muzzle train all dogs. And if you have the time, we go over it step by step. We do it in a positive manner and we make it positive associations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A couple and... different types of muzzles, right? Exactly. You often see those little mesh ones. Yeah, there's so many different types. I tend to use more of the agitation muzzles because I deal with the really hardcore, but there's Baskerville muzzles, which are more open so you can feed the dogs. They can still eat and drink and they can breathe. I have a lot of pant room. Uh, there's one pictured on the video on the picture here where it's more plastic with a lot of holes, a lot of breathing room. The biggest thing the most important thing with a muzzle is that they have room to breathe, to pant, to open their mouth, and to be able to make sure that the muzzle doesn't come off of them. Because dogs can be very, very smart and very good at getting that. Yeah, so off. different types of muzzles. Yes. Right? So, mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. So different types of muzzles and uh, different fits mm -hmm. for different situations. Absolutely. So on the next slide, we see there's a mesh muzzle and then a basket muzzle. The mesh muzzles are very short term. Some things that folks don't realize with muzzles is that dogs regulate their temperature through breathing and they have to be able to open their mouths. Yes. So those uh, nylon muzzles are only good for short periods of time, usually for a quick nail clip. Mm -hmm. The basket muzzles, they're all different types. Like you said, Nicole, there are some that are considered agitation muzzles. They're bite proof. And then there are all different types from there, plastic, biothane, leather. Uh, we actually are so turned on by muzzle training here in Virginia that we're starting to do custom muzzles mm -hmm. uh, made out of leather or biothane, uh, making them uh, nice and attractive and really trying to reduce the stigma around wearing muzzles right but we want them to fit perfectly and and have them custom made and comfortable and here's a couple of things that i've noticed about muzzles as i've used them they tend to be like the agitation muzzles they're not made to be worn all the time because you can't open the mouth fully they don't have a lot of pant room what they're really good for is the dog can't get out of them and they can't really get to you and bite you. And they're fairly easy to put on. Mm -hmm. Relatively easy, I should say. Now, there are other muzzles that 
are designed so that they don't create like an abrasion on the dog's nose because there are some muzzles where the plastic is pretty hard and if they're wearing it for an extended amount of time with like really aggressive dogs where you don't have that trust yet where you can take that muzzle on and off they're gonna it's gonna create an abrasion like especially on the top of their nose where it's rubbing constantly because dogs are constantly trying to get the muzzle off they're you know bumping their muzzle and their nose trying to get it off and it's constantly rubbing so it will create an abrasion so our goal is to try and get the muzzle off as soon as possible so they don't have to wear it every single day but at the same time we do have to be safe we have to be safe and we have to keep all of those around us safe but we do also need to take into consideration the dog and its comfort and its ability to be able to live a semi-normal life now typically when we get a dog in or we're muzzling it we don't keep the muzzle on any longer than we absolutely have to and we will take that muzzle off and put that muzzle on but again we're professionals for the people out there who are just ordinary people who are not professionals who do not know how to muzzle a dog and take it on and off safely it's going to be difficult to constantly put on and off a muzzle and get that dog muzzle conditioned if you don't know the proper procedure so we caution people who want to use a muzzle and put that on a dog on and off all the time consult a professional please consult a professional before you try and muzzle a dog and consistently muzzle you know on and off all the time because there is a process to it and you don't want to create a negative association necessarily with a muzzle you want to create that positive association yeah definitely a process and doing it safely right so depending on what muzzle people fit pick you can uh go to the websites of all different types of places and they really want you to measure remeasure they show you where to get the measurements a lot of times they'll tell you to put like a tennis ball in the dog's mouth when you try and get the measurement just to make sure that there's that pant room like you said we like the dogs being able to eat drink uh take treats especially take treats through the muzzle if mm -hmm. at all possible yes uh, but there are lots of different types out there yeah so we do a lot of positive training so so uh yeah to your point we want to make sure that we can still positively motivate the dog even with a muzzle so I think I right, right. This. So the next slide is just a little uh, picture on a dog. Yeah, the types of muzzles. I I started going over this a little bit before we actually got into the slide, but yeah, it keep, goes into the types of muzzles. Yeah, keep going. Two uh, two more slides. Go go to uh, how to get a dog used to a muzzle. Okay, here you go. No, keep. Yep, keep going. Yeah, this is how to get a dog used to. Okay. A yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. So ideally, right, if we have time, just like anything we're introducing for the, to the dog, whether it's a crate, whether it's a leash, different types of collars, uh, you know, working on getting them positive associations, show them the item, treat mm -hmm. them, pet them, play with them, let them see that anytime that item comes out, something positive is happening. Then ideally, we use a bigger uh, with Duke, we used a bucket. Duke is, uh, you'll start to hear more about him. He's the, our famous uh, Facebook dog. Uh, mm -hmm. He loved a bucket, but we used uh, yoga containers, solo cups, 
uh, all big things with a high value in, at the bottom of it, mozzarella cheese, spray cheese, pieces of chicken. You put your face in the bucket, you get something positive, right? And then just like any other thing that we do in training, we work on duration. So the amount of time that a dog can have their face in that bucket, in that container without pawing it, right? Then we take it off again. Then we work on putting the straps on, right? So it's a process if it's not an emergency. Have them do something fun while wearing the muzzle once you get to that point and then increase the amount of time that the dog is wearing the muzzle. So that can go for all different types of training, not just muzzle training. Absolutely. So for those who cannot see the video. The next slide, Nicole. Is the we, we have a hyperlink to the video that we posted on Facebook. And we will post that on the comments too when we repost this. But wanted to let everyone know the Facebook that we're going to be referencing the Facebook posts. Uh, we did put out a reel. The Virginia team put out a reel of one of our dogs being muzzle conditioned. And it got a lot of views, a lot of comments. So we have that link here and we will post it also uh, in the comments when we post this podcast. So my thoughts on muzzle training. Uh, I, I mirror a lot of what staff and Team Virginia uh, feel as far as muzzle conditioning. I think it's critically important for every dog to be muzzle trained, muzzle conditioned. And it's not just because of an aggression case. I deal with a lot of aggression cases. I mean, that's kind of my specialty, aggression, anxiety. So I get it. Muzzle conditioning and training in my world is very important. I deal with every dog that comes in, especially the aggressive ones, because I have to. I have no choice because I don't want to get bit. I don't want any of my trainers to get bit. And I don't want any of our dogs to get bit or any of our clients' dogs to get attacked. So it is vitally important for me to be able to have dogs muzzle conditioned to the point where any person can literally put a muzzle on any dog. It is that important, especially the reactive aggression cases that I get in. It is so important. It's a safety issue. So for me, muzzling is absolutely critically important. And I have a lot of clients and friends who are in the dog world veterinarians, groomers, and I cannot tell you how many times they've come to me and said, thank you so much for muscle conditioning these dogs. Because even though they may not be aggressive after you've, your training, the fact that you can put a muzzle on this dog and it won't react no matter what is so critical and so amazing to them because just because they won't react for me when I'm training them doesn't mean that they're not going to just freak out when a veterinarian is like poking all of their body parts while they're examining them or putting needles in them or God forbid a dog gets hurt. You know, all bets are off. But now you're introducing the pain element. When dogs are in pain, I don't care how well trained they are. When they're in enough pain, they will react. And if you can get a muzzle on that dog and be able to safely handle 
that dog and administer first aid or be able to get that dog to a vet who can administer first aid, you are going to increase your dog's likelihood of surviving whatever that incident is. That alone should give you the incentive to muzzle condition your dog because that is a life and death situation. If you can make sure that no matter what, your dog can be handled by any person in an emergency situation, that right there gives you the incentive or should give you the incentive to muzzle condition your dog. It does not have to be a stressful situation. You can condition your dog to accept a muzzle just like we accept wearing a bra every day or men having to wear a tie to work if they're in a white collar world every day. It may not be the most pleasant thing, but guess what? Sometimes it's necessary. That's my thoughts on muscle conditioning. Yeah. So, you know, this next slide, we had uh, over 1.2 million views and over 1,000 comments. And uh, it just made us realize what a hot topic this is. Mm -hmm. And... You know, uh, just, I mean, just fraught with emotion. Uh, I hate these dog owners. I absolutely hate these horrible humans. You know, just train the dog properly. If you're going to own a dog, it's your responsibility to make sure it's safe and trained. Like, that is how we make sure it's safe and trained, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Train a dog right. You'll never need a muzzle. Using a muzzle shows you don't respect and love your dog that much. <laughs> You didn't train him properly and you're afraid of him. Uh, you know, just the, these are the kind of things that prevent people from using a tool that could save their dog's lives, could save them tremendous hospital bills, could tr save trauma. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just uh, it's just amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And we still did. We posted this, what, maybe uh, two months ago every day. We get comments on this and we post a lot of stuff. We post fun stuff, good stuff, interesting stuff. And nothing we've posted has ever, ever blown up like this muzzling uh, post. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I posted a uh, video a while back and it got four, almost four and a half million views. Wow. It didn't get as many comments, but it got a lot of views. And it did get a lot, it did get a, a, its fair share of comments. Um, but it was where I was, again, muzzling a dog, a German Shepherd, Cheska. Mm -hmm. and that dog had already bitten my one of my trainers and had already bitten several other people. And I went in and I had to muzzle her to get her safely out of the house and into my van and mm -hmm. back to my house. Because otherwise... There would have been more people getting bit. And the comments were outrageous. It's like, oh, you know, why are you muzzling that dog? Oh, that's not training. This is that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so many comments. And they had no idea. The thing with, with social media that I really kind of hate, but also, you know, I, I, I get it. People don't really look into the details. They just see something, make a snap judgment, and then make a comment. And they have no idea what they're commenting on. They have no backstory, no context. 
It's just, I see something and I'm going to make a judgment and then I'm going to throw that out there for the entire world to see. And it's like, how can you do that? You're taking literally like a 20, 30 second segment and then you're just blowing up with whatever your preconceptions, your biases, your prejudices, whatever you know, idea that you have that you think is relevant, whether it actually is or not, and you're just throwing it out there and you're making all these judgments. And it just kills me that these people think that that's okay. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it really is. It's, it's remarkable because, you know, they, people talk about, oh, you know, dogs are a value part of our, our family structure, right? We, we, we mm -hmm. want them part of our families. And if someone in the family needed help, right, we yeah. would find a, we would find a way to get that help. Like I, this subject is near and dear to my heart. As you know, Nicole, Absolutely. I have a dog, I have a dog to this day that in many circumstances does wear a muzzle. Now he's in a muzzle right now that's rainbow colored. It's biothane. It's very light. It's not even bite proof. It's just a reminder for him that he better act like he knows. Mm -hmm. And it's also a little layer of safety where it's not bite proof per se, but he would have to really make an effort to, yeah. to have to make a bite. And this way I can have him in many situations and my anxiety is decreased because I'm not worried. And we know that the handler's emotions does go down to the dog, right? So me being able to have my dog in situations where I can be calm and he can be managed. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, you know, I mean, Nicole, you and I met because I had a conversation with you about whether or not euthanasia was on the table for my particular dog. You know, yeah. now he's four, he's four years old. Uh, we love him. He's a valued member of the family. His name is Giorgio, AKA Georgie panties. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he is different. He's a different dog. He's got yeah. some issues. He does not love dogs. He doesn't know. He doesn't love people. He doesn't know. And we manage that, but you know what? We have company. We have dogs on the property all the time. And when there's a situation where he may even come into contact with a trigger, mm -hmm. I make sure there's a muzzle on him. And guess what? You know what? Giorgio doesn't have a bite history. He has never, ever bitten somebody except my one dog that he doesn't like. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was not with severe intent, right? Mm -hmm. We have managed him for four years and he wears a muzzle because he could bite, not because he did bite. Exactly. Exactly. And he came through for training and we put him through the ringer. I mean, we put him in a crate with like four other dogs when we were transporting him. And you were like looking at me like, are you crazy? What are you doing? He's going to attack everybody. I'm like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And he would have a little incident here or there. But honestly, he was actually really good. He managed to control himself fairly well. He did. He did. You know, and, uh, you know, for us, euthanasia, I mean, you know, anybody, anybody who's never, ever been there, well, God bless you and I'm happy for you. But anybody who's got a dog in their family where you're concerned, 
about the possibility of that dog being reactive in whatever way that looks like, like there is help and we can help. And muzzling the dogs is just one tool in recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, do all dogs get to 100% loving all dogs, loving all people? Not, No, not always. But we will help you help your dogs recover as much as they can to make good decisions and to help you reduce your anxiety and learn how to manage that dog safely in all situations. And that's what we're about. And I love being able to help people not feel badly about having to use a tool to manage their dog. Exactly. Yeah, because there's so many things. Honestly, there's so many solutions that are out there. You know, people use drugs, people use training, people use, you know, just avoidance. There are so many things that people use, and it's just amazing to me the various options that are out there and what people are willing to do to avoid actually fixing the problem. Yeah, you know, they'll just put these little quick fixes in place. They'll do a little avoidance tactics. They'll do drugs. They'll do anything but actually confront the problem and fix it. And it's amazing yeah. to me how many people are willing to do that. You're right. That's a, that's an amazing point. I had a consultation today with uh, owners that had two Dobermans. One is normal, uh, really good with all situations, and one is reactive. And I said, do you put a, a leash on her when she's in the house and you're having her meet other guests that she doesn't know? And they said, no, they don't want the dog to be uncomfortable. Well, what about the humans that she could potentially bite? Exactly. What about the lawsuit, right? Yeah. H how about them? I mean, do you want them to be comfortable or uncomfortable? <laughs> do you want them to be bitten? Do you want a lawsuit? Do you want to pay hospital bills? Right. I'm like, oh, my. The mindset. I I'm sorry. <laughs> just, I could literally spend hours just talking about the ridiculousness of <laughs> people and their mindsets. I I'm like, get a grip, people. Seriously, get a grip, check into reality, <laughs> and do something about your freaking dogs. Yep. Besides drugging them. Yes. Yes. There's so Absolutely. many other options. Yes. So many other options. And you know what? I mean, we are always going to get uh, some some pushback by people who uh, don't know better, right? Yeah. But there are plenty of people out there who are gonna see and meet us and hear from us. And we are gonna be able to help educate them. And they're not gonna have to have shame or be embarrassed uh, mm -hmm. because they have to put a muzzle or use any tool. That right. we are gonna give them the support that they need to make good decisions. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I just really like helping educate people to make good decisions for their families. Cause we know, you know what, this isn't, this isn't a game. Exactly. You know, dog, dogs are a, a serious animal to own from down from a chihuahua to mm -hmm. a Rottweiler to a pity. It doesn't matter. A bite is a bite is a bite. Yes. And then you've got a big problem. Exactly. So I would rather reduce the possibility of those problems for as many owners as possible while getting the proper training, reading the body language and helping people make good decisions without all these preconceived notions that are not based in reality. Exactly. You go, girl. You preach it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. 
I, I wish more people were willing to entertain that because it there is a stigma. I mean, let's just call it what it is. There's a stigma. Mm-hmm. When you have a dog who's wearing a muzzle, there's a judgment, there's preconceived ideas, there's embarrassment on the on the dog owner's part. Like, oh my God, my dog has to be on a muzzle. There's all these things that are already set and out there. And it's like, stop, just stop that mentality. Stop the myth, stop the preconception, stop feeling ashamed because you need to have your dog on a muzzle. It's not always because the dog is aggressive. Sometimes it's just for their safety. Sometimes it's because you don't want that dog eating something and having to pay thousands of dollars for a surgery. It's not always about being embarrassed because your dog's aggressive or misbehaving. Muzzling is exactly. so important. It's beyond just aggression and behavioral issues. It is beyond that. And I wish people would stop feeling so embarrassed or ashamed because they have to have a dog that's on a muzzle sometimes. We had Petey, the, the mm-hmm. pit bull, yeah. uh, for, for a while. And he was in for a rehab for, mm-hmm. uh, for dog reactivity. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we did his uh, testimonial and his turnover, at the end, the owners chose to have his muzzle on him mm-hmm. as they were bringing him out of the facility. And that testimonial got a lot of comments of, oh, I thought you trained the dog. Why does he still have a muzzle on? Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought, good for them. They just got their dog back after a three-week boarding train. They're still getting comfortable with the new dog exactly because he's got new behaviors, new decisions, mm-hmm. and good for them for keeping the muzzle on, right? Yeah. Like people are so quick to make a judgment, and uh, I'm so quick to pat them on the back and say, "You use that tool as long as you need to. Why not?" Exactly. It's not a negative, and that's the preconception that we have to turn around. A muzzle is not always a negative; it can actually be very positive, but you have to make sure that you condition the dog if you're gonna use it long-term so that it is actually a positive experience for them. It's not a negative association. And I think that's right, the that's point. So true, and that that uh, ounce of uh, prevention is uh, better than a pound of, of the cure, right? Yeah, this 100%. Is, uh, this is, yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, a big deal. So, you know, I really, I just have to commend you, Nicole, because you know, you are very brave and very skilled at dealing with dogs that are next level reactive and, and, and not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. And you just help so, so many dogs, uh, because of your craft. And I'm just lucky and grateful, uh, to be a part of your team. And I just admire you every single day. And, and I'm so happy to learn from you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It really does. I mean, my mission, as as I mentioned before, is really to save dogs' lives and to make the human-dog connection so much more meaningful and powerful. And the more I can get that message out there, the more I can help people understand their dogs and communicate better with them, that's, that's saving dogs' lives. And that, to me, is the important thing. So I appreciate it. You do it. You do it every day. You 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 talk the talk, uh, and you know what? Um, you know Georgie also. He, uh, oh, hi, Georgie. 
<laughs> Georgia's oh, like Katie Pie. <laughs> He's getting a little grayer. <laughs> I know you can't see him so good, but Georgie, thank you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love that boy. We had, we had our moments. We had a few come to Jesus moments, as I call it. <laughs> we had a few of those come to Jesus moments, but I do love that boy. He's well, he's you know, he's still he's still around, and uh, that is that is all thanks to you. Not even mostly thanks to you. That is all thanks to you. So, uh, if you ever wonder if you're making a big difference, you're making a big difference. Oh, thank you so much. That's so touching. I really appreciate that because really that's why I do what I do. I want to make sure that I'm making an impact. I'm saving lives, not just the dog's lives, but the human lives and helping them to have a more meaningful and powerful relationship with their canines. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Right on, right on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so with that, I am going to say good night. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast about muzzle conditioning and stay tuned for next week. We're going to talk about more tools that you can use in your toolbox when you're working with dogs. It doesn't always have to be aggressive dogs. It can be any kind of dogs. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about e-collars, prong collars, and all sorts of other things. So stay tuned for next week. We are going to talk more into this subject and delve deeper into how you can use tools to help you communicate with your dogs. So Steph, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. You're awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.